0: You are listening to New England Dirt on Mountain Bike Radio.
1: Okay, welcome to the sixth episode here of New England Dirt, the show that takes an in-depth look at all things riding bikes on dirt right here in New England. I'm your host, Mountain Bike Ben. Okay, again, just a quick shout out to two companies who are supporting New England Dirt. I'm really thankful to both Papa Wheelies and The Flying Goose for their support. I'm going to take a, a just a quick minute of your time to thank them. All I ask in return is that if you're anywhere in the area, stop in. Show them some love, throw them some business, and thank them for supporting New England Dirt. So first off, big shout out to Papa Wheelies. They set me up with a uh, specialized uh, stump jumper expert, Fatty, for the past couple of weeks because my bike was in the shop and I needed something, especially for the weekend that we're just about to get talking about, Dirt Bag Weekend that I'm on right now with my buddies here. Um, so Papa Wheelies hooked it up. Please go and check them out. They've got locations in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Natick, Mass, Back Bay Bicycles in Boston. They feature bikes from Cannondale, Giant, Lives, Specialized, Salsa, Santa Cruz, and a whole bunch more. They're staffed with mountain bikers. I think that's one of the biggest things. Every single person there is a rider. And so they offer a ton of expert professional service to keep your bike riding right. Okay? The coolest part is that when you buy a mountain bike from them for $2,000 or more, they, Papa Wheelies, will buy you a one-year NIMBA membership. I mean, this is the coolest thing, right? You get a knowledgeable shop. You get a new bike from a highly reputable brand and a membership to Nimba. Bike, shop, and community of riders, I call it a win-win. So thanks to Papa Wheelies for setting me up. Uh, Big love to those guys. Uh, We'll probably be doing a podcast with those guys shortly too. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Next up is Flying Goose and my boy, Rick. They set me up with a couple of growlers for this fun weekend. Um, and Rick pulled out the stops and uh, we just cracked into the growler of New Hampshire IPA, his version of a New England IPA. Tons of citrus notes, some topaz, all kinds of good stuff in there. Really, really tasty beverage. Um, but... Real quick, Flying Goose, they're located right in New London, New Hampshire, only a mile off of Exit 11 on I-89. They offer a great selection of craft brews brewed right there on site. Any given day, you'll find 20 unique beers on tap. Um, And they're some of my favorites. I mean, I love the Jabberwocky Brown, the Lupin Suplex really good beers there. Go in, they've got something for everybody, including the Rookie. Um, And uh, I think one of the coolest pieces about them is that they're trying to be as conscious about not only brewing beer, but the environment as well. So their menu is tons of locally sourced food. They draw 60% of their power from solar. They have their own water treatment facility right on site because water is a crucial part of the brewing process so they 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 take a lot of pride in what they're doing and and making sure they're doing it in the right ways um so please stop in if you're up in the area mountain biking in new hampshire you're skiing at ragged or at mount sunapee they're super close stop in have a bite have a good brew and enjoy it um so now on to the show um this weekend is a weekend that I do every single year with a group of friends, a uh, a, a cast of some regulars and then uh, an a occasional drop-in from different folks from time to time. Uh, this is Dirtbag Weekend. Uh, we started this, this is our seventh year going now. I'm getting nods around the room. Um, and sort of the concept here was I overheard a conversation between a couple of guys who were on their like, annual Retreat to go golfing college buddies and this is the only time that they get together and and I kind of was like well golfing sucks I want to go mountain biking and I bet my friends would want to go mountain biking every year with me and I could say hi to them and see guys that I don't see on a regular basis Um, and I'm going to step back if you like golfing I'm sorry that I said that golfing (laughs) sucks I don't particularly like it but it might be your sport and if it is have fun with it All, all, all the more power to you Jeff, you golf, don't you?
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because your wife golfs. (laughs) Because
1: your wife golfs, yeah, yeah. So um, every year we do Dirtbag Weekend from uh, usually Millstone Trails in Barrie, Vermont. We set up a base camp there, and we camp out, and we will ride – Usually uh, a new trail every single year on the first Friday. We've done Hinesburg Forest up in the Burlington area of Vermont. We've done Stowe, Vermont, the Katy Hill Trails and the Von Trapp Trails. We've done the Wada Trails, um, Rostaman and, uh, and and Burning Spear right in Waterbury. Uh, we've mixed it up. And then Saturday, we typically always go and hit Millstone, which if you've never ridden Millstone, highly recommend it. It's super chunky. It's a fun Old defunct, uh, what five hundred and some odd defunct quarries in that spot, um, and then on Sunday we usually followed up with a different place to to ride, you know, on our way back home. Whether that's the uh, Stab Trails in Escutney, Vermont, or Boston Lot in uh, Lebanon, New Hampshire, we've done the uh, the Norwich University trails in Northfield. There's so much riding, and and that's really what kind of Dirtbag Weekend is. It's going out in the middle of the woods with your friends, camping for a couple of days, riding as much as we possibly can. Having a campfire, typically speaking, we drink a lot, um, and it's just a good time. Um, this year, we kind of mixed things up though, because everybody was, you know, wanting something a little bit different. So we did Killington Mountain Bike Park on Friday, got a little downhill action in. Yeah. Yesterday, we went to Pine Hill Park in Rutland, which we'll talk about because that place was rad. And then today, it's pissing rain. <laughs> And so we decided to do a podcast and drink some of the beer that's left over. So uh, you get to enjoy our our, uh, our lovely antics for the next uh, few minutes on, on Dirtbag Weekend. So, all right, let's round robin this thing. I want everybody to introduce themselves and uh, tell me your name and tell me where you're from. And you know what? Tell me what bike you're currently riding.
0: All right. Quickly, uh, my name is Alan Howe. Originally from Merrimack, living in Portsmouth now. Fifth year honorary dirt bagger and enjoying it every year. Currently riding a 2013 Giant Trance and also dabbing a little bit with a salsa buck saw. Yeah, you are. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah.
3: Ben Cargill, hailing from North Conway, New Hampshire, born and raised. Currently riding a 2015 Trek Remedy that is currently for sale, if anyone's interested. (laughs) Oh,
1: selfless plug right there.
3: (laughs) I got a carbon road bike, so naturally now I want a carbon mountain bike because carbon is just uh, so smooth. This is my, I think, fifth or sixth year at Dirt Bag Weekend, and honestly, it's probably one of the most exciting weekends. Can't miss it.
4: This is Julian coming from Jaffrey, New Hampshire, uh, riding a 2012 Santa Cruz Heckler. This is my third Dirt Bag, kind of a kind of a drop in from our next guest here, but uh, it's a good time. You really can't miss it.
1: And I will say that Julian was the only guy last night that actually camped out. And you had a hammock down by the river and while it was raining. So you get the the honorary hardcore award for this weekend, man. Bravo. I'll take it. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks.
5: Hi, everyone. My name is Owen. Uh, Right now I'm riding 2014 Diamondback Sortie 29er Black Edition. Stealth Edition. (laughs) and uh yeah i this is i think my seventh dirt bag i don't think i've missed one you haven't and so uh i i look forward to this every year this year being no exception and want to keep it going
2: jeff juno uh the the relative local here transplant from new hampshire and living in pittsfield just outside of killington and one of the many bikes that i'm riding this week is a 2018 giant rain, and we had new bike day yesterday, which I'm pretty excited about. Had yeah, a new did. had a new BMX bike delivered, so hopefully I will be on my Radio Seiko tomorrow morning doing
1: some dirt jumps. So, thanks. Jeff has also been our gracious host this whole entire weekend. It's been a bad weather weekend, so Jeff kind of put us up in his, um, I, I should say, rather rustic, but beautiful calving barn. Is that what this yes. was called? where calves were born. Where were born. <laughs> so I, I'm going So I'm going to pass the mic one more time. We'll get the last guy in here who's uh, being a little bashful right now, but uh, we're going to force Sean onto the microphone real quick, and uh, then we'll talk a little bit about this great spot that you put us up in.
6: Hey, guys, this is Sean. I'm from uh, Goffstown, New Hampshire. This is my seventh dirt bag as well. I'm uh, one of the few ODBs. And uh I'm riding a uh, 2018 Foe's Mutz one fifty. It's a nice big fatty. It's like riding a monster truck. It's uh it's pretty fun. Uh that's about it.
1: And I will say Sean does ride this foe's mutt pretty damn hard because you hit you and Julian were one of the two guys that actually hit some of the bigger drops yesterday at Pine Hill Park. And to see a four-inch tire bike go off, what was that? Do You think four foot, five foot drop? Eight, ten. Easy. No, uh, don't start telling fishing tales here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so back real quick to this place that we're sitting at because we are we are chilling in in. I mean, it's been funny. We've seen this bumper sticker around all weekend long: VTAF, and uh, this house is pretty much VTAF, if I if I can say so. It is a rustic calving barn where the where the calves when this was an originally a farm where the calves were born. I mean it's post and beam construction with all of the posts and the beams exposed. But the coolest thing is that when we walked in and oh and you can you can chime in here. The coolest thing is that we walk in and there is an antique
5: jukebox yes, sitting in here. That's true. It plays 35s. 35s? 35s? Thirty threes and forty fives. It's all mechanical. It lights up, and uh, it uh, it has a great selection of songs in it as well. And the sounds a little off because it is yeah. an antique, but I think that's what makes it so cool. Oh yeah, it has a lot of charm. It has like the and it has some hum and some uh, some fuzz that you know you just don't get anymore. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. We've been in a in a great spot, Jeff, our, our
1: gracious host. Thank you so much. Definitely appreciate being here. Um. So yeah. So we've got two guys that have now been to every single dirt bag here. I have to be honest. I've missed two myself. Um. But it one,
5: continues. I mean, you are their founder, and it continues. Well, and so I, I always I always organize it to your uh, to your vision. It it you know.
1: Sometimes I organize it while I'm also organizing stuff for my. real world job and that um, conflicts like last year which was just a dope moment on my side yeah but it's larger than any of us it's become the staple. And Ben, I think that you were mentioning earlier that you absolutely like love in April waiting and waiting for dirtbag to come out for this year and start chiming in on where we're gonna ride and where we're gonna go, right? Oh, of course. I mean April, it's like it's it's like it's like
3: Christmas. It only happens once a year. It's only the time of year I get to see most of these dudes, and it's always such a good time where I can just Turn off the work email, let go of all my responsibilities, for better or worse, and uh, you know just have a good time in the weekend with the boys. I mean, it's it's just such a – you can't miss it. I'm sure I'm missing meetings right now, actually. I should be at work. But you, like I said, you just – you can't miss it. Yeah. And it's always a real drag when you
2: do have to actually miss a weekend. Jeff chiming in for a second. Uh, being the local – Did it,
1: you just conference call this thing? I totally did. <laughs>
2: Can you tell I do a lot of conference well, calls? This, this
1: is Jeff here. <laughs>
2: so, in fairness, just you know that, that sounds way more corporate than what I do. Since I am a coach up here, and I live locally, and for me, it's been it's really cool whenever we do these because I get to get away. But this year has been a little different hosting these guys on the trails that I ride all the time at Killington and down the road. But I'm usually riding them with athletes. And so to be able to go out and have a blast and ride with all of my friends and share
1: this amazing area with them is, is just so cool. It is cool. And, and we've definitely been very appreciative of you doing that because one of the things about Dirtbag Weekend is that we try to choose trails that most of us don't get to on a regular basis, trails that are a once-a-year type of trail network. And for you to turn that off and be like, no, man, come come ride my trails. Let me show off my trails this is uh, very gracious of you. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. So let's talk about Pine Hill Park for a bit because that was a lot of fun yesterday. Uh, ben wants the mic back. I mean, as someone who's coming from the White Mounds,
3: and uh, I'll say, like, all the good riding in Vermont, the stuff that, like, they, like, you can't not ride it and be, like, screaming in glee like you would be, like, on a powder run because it's just that awesome is, like... It's like a solid 3 hours away from my fellow White Mountain riders but but trust me it's worth it like this place was it has trails that you'd want to ride like 3 times just so you can get right and it also
1: makes you feel like a mountain bike ninja. It's it's just it's just super fun. So let's give a little bit of context here to Pine Hill Park. So Pine Hill Park is in Rutland, Vermont and I would say, and I don't know this verbatim, so apologize for this. But you can Google while you're while you're listening if you want to. I think that Rutland is the second largest population in Vermont. I believe it is just just behind Burlington. And you're in the middle of the town, and you pull up to this gymnasium. Gymnasium. A little too much beer here so far. You pull up to this gymnasium, which Jeff, this is where you're going to go and ride your new radio bike tomorrow because it's a skate park, right? It is a skate park. And there is, I don't know how many miles of trails at Pine Hill Park, but enough to be able to go and get a couple of good, solid hours of riding in. And But at the same time, there's so many different little trails that you can snake back and forth and get. So if you have a half an hour, if you live local and you have a half an hour and you've never been there, shame on you. Go right now. Stop this podcast. Don't stop this podcast. Finish listening to it to the end. And then go to Pine Hill Park and ride. It is Fantastic. You've got half an hour. You can have fun. You've got an hour. You can have fun. You've got three hours. You can still have fun in this place. It is a fun place to go. Um, you climb up pretty much one side of a ridge, and then there is multiple ways back down. Um, everything from rather technical terrain to some almost machine-built, but actually not machine-built. These guys are doing it, I believe, with all shovels and rakes and wheelbarrows. Tons of work goes into this place. And, I mean, yeah, to what Ben was just saying, you feel like a mountain bike ninja on it because there is all these different side features and hips and jumps and things that you can play off. So, all right, who who wants to grab it next? Tell us about your experience. Sean, you're shaking your head no at me. That means that you're up. So this place is pretty
6: fun. It's definitely got some technical rock sections, but one of the things I really liked about it is somewhere I can bring my wife to ride. She's pretty much a novice rider. Um, she's getting into it, and there's some really fun swooping trails uh, that she can ride it without being too technical. But at the same time, there's all kinds of really cool features for me to hit off to the side, uh, catch a little bit of air, uh, hit a little bit of a rock garden. Um uh, there is everything there. Uh one of the problems we found is we were not riding at the right direction. We were riding uphill, up berms. Uh there's definitely some flow and if you hit it right, you can just link the trails and it is a blast. Um it it was just awesome. I want to go back. Uh we even talked about it today because it's raining out and that place drains really well. Um it would just it's awesome.
1: So I think that one of the other pieces that was really cool is that there's a mixture. Every single trail almost had a mixture of the perfect amount of flow and the perfect amount of tech. And Julian, you live down in the Jaffrey area, which I know. Have you ridden Darling Hill down there? I haven't actually. You haven't ridden? I, I've heard that Darling Hill is somewhat of the similar, like good mix of tech and good mix of flow. So unfortunately, my question is going to get lost on you here. But well, usually you have to pick. You know, down there,
4: it's you can find somewhere flowy but there's a lot more spots where it's pretty much hiking trail. And yeah. You just kind of go in for, you know, push your ability, push your, I don't know, build strength, doing all kinds of weird technical trail that's maybe not meant to be mountain biked, but...
1: But you still do it anyway? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, So you're on a Santa Cruz Heckler, correct? Correct. And you pushed that bike big time yesterday. It was like... You were hammering, dude. It was fun to watch you. And you hit and followed Sean off the rock drop into this gnarly berm with this big step up at the end of it. But you were also like, I want to talk about Broken Handlebar, because I think that was a rad trail. It was. And I followed you down it for a bit and was watching you. There's So you drop in. So you tell us about the trail. Tell us about Broken Handlebar.
4: So Broken Handlebar, you pop out of the woods after this big climb. What is it? santa's little helper
1: was it santa's little helper
4: either way perfect climb beautiful climb Uh, makes it easy to get up there so we did it two or three maybe even four times yes um but it pops you out on this little kind of rock outcropping that then drops you down this great just exponential curve into a tabletop and just even if you didn't get any other air that day you got air on this nice little tabletop Mm mm-hmm um, and then comfortably forced air <laughs> 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 enough speed that it and well built enough that it just felt like no matter what you did, you were going to land on the other side. Um, and then split it up into techie and free ride.
1: Yeah, that was uh, it was it was unique how that trail mixed both in because it was purposely built berms that you could just rail. Right into a rock garden that you could, yeah, pick a line. Owen's giving me the hand gestures of picking this line through the rock gardens. But there was also places where you could gap over a couple of sections of rock, ra- ra- rocks, racks, rocks, um, and be able to link stuff up like that. It's uh, it was it was a lot of fun for all the free riders listening. I'll specify
3: there are two different variations of broken handlebar, and I believe is broken handlebar north. That's the free ride version. Yep, the South version still a ton of fun for uh, anyone who's ridden in the Whites and is used to um, more like very rudy, rody, technical trails. Uh, but this is just something that you know I had to hit it at least two or three more times until I got all the features right. I mean, there's some mini jobs you can just kind of send them. It, it was just such a fun trail, and actually, the first time I missed it the intersection for the free ride because that first little tabletop was just so much fun.
1: It was, and it forced us to drive back up or ride back up to the top here. And uh, and experience it. And that's
3: another great feature of Pine Hill is none of the climbs are really that bad. I mean, you can do the fun trails like Half Pipe or any of the free ride trails. And the climb to get back to the top is you know, maybe five or ten minutes and really not too exhausting.
1: So there is only one person in this group that has actually been to Pine Hill before. And Owen, I want your take on Pine Hill because you came here, what, four, four or five years ago and rode? And then... We were sitting here yesterday trying to figure out what our next our next stop was because again it's it's been raining pretty heavily and to Sean's point pine Hill drains pretty nicely so um it became like quickly the best option for yesterday's exploration so Owen tell us your experience here on Pine Hill after yeah. Ranger gets his, uh, <laughs> I his have a nose. dog in my lap right now, so I just, I just want everyone
5: to know that I'm, <laughs> um, I'm handy dogged. It's like kind of like being handicapped, but you have a dog sitting on you. So just, like some things are harder than others. But, um, uh, yeah, I rode these trails. Um, I think I was traveling while working in EMS. So, you know, something brought me to the region. I went to Rutland and figured out they had mountain biking, and then spent a couple hours there, and my mind was blown. And they've gotten better since I had. I was there first. First of all, the signage is better. Um, second of all, they all, like everything's even better packed down. They have a wonderful like either they, either they bring it in or there's just a wonderful clay soil texture there that really works well w- when making berms, and um, and I also so I ride a like a five inch travel twenty nine er and uh, I my writing style is, is picking lines um, not so, so sort of a brute force kind of technique and uh it really rewards that here because the technical sections if you're paying close attention they've moved them out of the way just enough to leave you like a very small window so you can like a lot of times maneuver the section without hitting a lot of bumps if you're if you're watching and paying really close attention there's like almost a secret hidden ninja line through each of the sections and uh, i found that really rewarding um when when you could link that together because you could just carry this is a it's a trail network that encourages you to carry speed so um it it's just uh it was really fun riding it a second time and i i hope that i get a chance again soon um because i see them improve it and we were there and there wasn't a lot of traffic i mean it was it's big enough where it's spread out and i don't think it's you know super popular Maybe it will be after this podcast, but
1: um well it was cool because there was definitely a lot of families there yes. too. That was mm-hmm. definitely a, a, a thing that we all, all commented rider, on.
5: All you know, skill level rider yeah. base for yeah. sure.
1: And we were talking about that while we were actually pedaling out there because it was the kind of place that you can go as probably a beginner as a as a family with your kids, um, and experience good mountain biking in a in a highly populated area. Um, but you can progress there too. I oh, mean, yeah. Aaron's drop has a massive wooden drop feature on it and is the place that, that, that rock drop that we were just talking about that Julian and, and Sean hit. Um, but real quick, I, I want to touch on, I, I did look it up. Um Pine Hill park does offer 16 miles. So go. it's a lot more than what we actually thought it was. Yep, 16 miles, a single track and it's spread over 325 acres. Um, what is also cool Is that we came out on an overlook, on the overlook trail of this massive pond.
5: It was beautiful. Which was
1: really, yeah, I mean. Yeah, some scenery. There was some scenery, uh, Mm -hmm. surprising scenery for For thinking that we were in. Downtown Rutland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right off downtown Rutland, uh, which was pretty cool. Um, Jeff, you live here you i would assume probably get to pine hill on a regular basis do you know anything more about this place or how it's like i mean it is a part of vimba the vermont mountain bike association they are not necessarily here overseeing it but they're supporting the local group the local chapter that is building and maintaining the trails here so do you know any of the locals the the local specifics on it
2: yeah
1: uh it First of all, it's a it, really
2: strong community here for biking in this area of Vermont and Pine Hill itself. I want to say it was 2002 where Pine Hill as we know it right now really started to be organized and and come back. There's a whole bunch of trails that have been cut, but it was formalized in 2002. There was a lot of momentum. And I think it was 2009 where it kicked into a whole nother phase of development. And there are a whole bunch of people that are – are involved in it but one in particular is shelly lutz and she's a local she's amazing she's great rider and on top of developing these trails and getting all this outreach from the community one of the things that she does is they have a really strong women's group ride oh very cool and set up here nice um telephone by the way yeah, just in case. We're not going to answer it. We are going to just let it ring for we'll a second.
1: Let, we'll let it go to voicemail.
2: So we might have an interesting message
1: on this podcast as well.
6: Where are you? Jeff, uh, this is your landlord. <laughs>
2: no, no. We had breakfast at his place two days ago. We're good. We're good. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so what's, what's really cool, speaking to what you guys were saying as far as not being really busy on the weekend and having a bunch of family... There's a whole bunch of different um, kind of groups that use it. And if you go early afternoon during the summer, there's like a two or three hour window where it's not crazy busy, but you'll see 30 or 40 cars in the parking lot. Yeah. And a lot of people locally will ride two or three times a week with, with the athletes that I work with. In the spring, when the mountain isn't open for lift service, we'll go and ride trails there two, three times a week. Cool. And so if we get there at 2.30, we get there before everybody else. If we get there at 3.30, then parking lot's a little bit more full. But the weekends tend to be more families, and midweek tends to be uh kind of those older professionals and serious riders that
1: are trying to go rip a couple hours after work. After work, yeah. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. It's that that kind of place that if it was in my backyard I'd be pulling some some time out here uh, after work and maybe even before work when the uh, the conditions are right um, and we did when we pulled in it definitely felt like this was the spot uh, because there was there was it wasn't crowded but I think that's part of the fact that there's 16 miles of single track there right so you, it's kind of spread out but there were at least a dozen cars in the parking lot with racks on them and people coming and going already from, from the trails. And as we were there, there were more people showing up while we were hanging out in the parking lot after the fact, uh, doing a little après. But, um, anyway, so Pine Hill is definitely worth the stop. If you're in the area, I would say that if you are doing a mountain bike travel in Vermont, it is worth coming to Rutland and doing a day at Pine Hill and if you can tee it up, like we did do a day at Killington mountain bike park, get some gravity in and then go over and hit pine Hill and ride that. But there's, I mean, there's a ton more trails today. We were actually planning on going and riding the, the green mountain trails. Um, unfortunately it's, it's like I said, it's pouring rain out and it has been all day. So, um, we kind of decided to, to stay off the single track and let it drain a little bit more and not ruin the trails here. But, um, there's a ton of riding here. There's a ton of writing here. So I would definitely put this place on your map if you are looking for a good place to travel to and ride. And Pine Hill should be up on the top of that list. It was such a cool spot. It was, I think it kind of blew away any of our expectations. So, Alan, I want to get your take on it because you came with us. And and I will say, let's put a little caveat here. Alan's had a little bit of a... Of a uh, uh...
0: Challenging weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. Health-wise. <laughs> Health-wise. Not at my best. So
1: when I got Potentially here... Potentially a little food poisoning before he yeah, got here. am not quite
0: sure what it's been, but it's been a challenge for sure to try to hang in there without giving up. Um, Pine Hill was, a, you know, the day after the challenge, so... Um, so you were bottomed up, out. Not a lot to work with. Um, trying to put it all together and see, at least get on the bike and give it a shot and see, hope that it would clear up. Um, up and down a few times, great variety. Um, great organization everything's really well marked you're not going to get lost but you have options and options on your options so i saw a lot of uh, variety um gave you plenty plenty of opportunity to get creative and really experience the trails however you like aggressive or easy it was all built right in um not so much for pine hill but the day before at killington i got to give much more like uh, Kudos was, to that day. This was
1: your very first day downhill mountain biking. First
0: ever, and uh, the downhill experience was definitely uh, eye-opening, um, hugely rewarding. Because I'm not generally a air guy, and so getting up on the lift and uh, taking my you know regular twenty nine or full squish down downhill trails where we were. Excellently led by Jeff, and he was giving us all the ins and outs and really preparing us for what lied ahead. Really helped me to uh, experience it, learn it, and do the absolute most air that I've ever done in my life on a bike. And it was super fun. I can't wait to go again. Uh, Next time, I'm going to get a bigger bike so I can do more of the mountain and get more out of it. Yeah. Um, But I really can't say enough we had a Bluebird Day. Oh, it was and beautiful. the temperature was, it was perfect. perfect. It wasn't a ton of sweating or a ton of cold, but it was like that sweet spot in the middle.
1: And then that sweet umbrella bar at the end of the day. That was a nice things- little upgrade uh, <laughs> going on.
0: A little bit.
2: So, two things. One it is in relation to that umbrella bar. We're also able to catch up with a bunch of the ladies who were doing the Dirt, Diva. Dirt Divas. Dirt Divas. So, uh, one of our. Which we
1: did touch on in our last podcast.
2: We did touch on in our last podcast. So, one of the locals here in Pittsfield, the town that I live in and, and we're staying in, and it's only about eight miles down the road from Killington, is uh, Amy Alton. She's a pro mountain biker and, and she has organized this every other two weeks, on Fridays, a women's only mountain bike group for downhilling. So it's beginners, intermediate people that have never downhilled before, people that rip. And it's this really cool community of women. And so after we were done riding, which we got off the hill, some of us at what, 5.05, uh, 5.10, and lifts close at five. So literally last chair. Full day. we, We go down to this gorgeous umbrella bar that's overlooking one of the huge snowmaking ponds and Bridge. And we get to hang out and, and have an adult beverage and hang out with a bunch of women that rip. The thing that I wanted to grab the mic for was, for me, having grown up and a lot of our guys doing lift service back in the early 90s or prior to that at, at resorts, it was always really rocky and technical and rudy and like gnarly. And people would go there and get broken and then never lift service again. And I think a lot of really skilled cross country riders say that I I don't get air, I don't do lift service, I don't do anything. And and I always look at some of those guys, and Alan is is a prime example where I go, oh man, you got all these skills, you rip.
0: <laughs> and I'm grinning right now, ear to ear.
2: And you could do it. So so my question, being kind of loaded and leading um intentionally, is Having that, what was your preconception about gravity and lift service and specifically about like Killington and the way the trails and the mountain and everything else is set up? How do you feel it translates to people from your experience that have a huge amount of cross-country riding and lean away from downhill because of kind of that, you know, intimidation factor or that's not what I do think?
0: So so air was not the enemy, but just I was anti-air. Right. So I've built my career on cross country and developing the skills and, and, uh, capabilities around that. So I, because it was foreign to me, it was the opposite of me, or at least I thought it was. And it was really refreshing and, and eye opening to see that didn't have to be right it was a, almost like a whole new chapter that i could start to include instead of you know write it off um it it was intimidating because i thought it, killington was too big for me mm. um and that the i didn't have the specific air skill set to enjoy it but i didn't need to have all of the skills that i thought i needed to enjoy it um because there are all the options to scrub the speed and just roll everything um, or just take a little bit of air instead of a lot of air and you could definitely step your way through. And that's exactly what we did. We built up and each run got a little bit more advanced and a little bit more daring and uh, got more air. And then, you know, by the, by the time we stopped for lunch, I had, in one run, cleared a couple of tables. And I was just extremely happy with how smooth and flowy and flawless I had put the things, the skills together to be able to really enjoy for what it's intended to be.
2: Um, one more quick question about it. When you went to Pine Hill yesterday, mm-hmm. did you think it changed your comfort level and your riding style?
0: Hmm, that's a tough one.
2: As far as like flow and and that type of stuff, I think
0: my health condition was more of an influence on my. Yeah, riding. I was going to say <laughs> you were pretty down. challenged yesterday. Yeah, I was struggling just to pedal up and you know hang on on the way down.
1: But I was gonna I was gonna touch on that too because that's what I've noticed being more actively downhill riding this year, and starting that last year is that my trail riding has progressed to where on something like half pipe. Or even on something like broken handlebar, I feel naturally more comfortable in those bigger bank turns mm-hmm. that are just berms at a bike park. Yeah. Or you see that rock off to the side that you know that you can actually now hit that and transition properly on the backside because you've done it. Right. And uh, it's like the bike park becomes a huge skill. Absolutely. That you can then apply to all your trail riding.
0: I can definitely see how that transition, that transfer of skills would be applicable for me as well. Yeah. I know that a lot of the reasons why I don't take some of the stuff, you know, not on a downhill park is, um, I mean, in regular cross country riding is because I just not part of my skill set. I don't like being in the air. But now that I know that I can be comfortable in the air, I'm sure that I would be more comfortable to take some of those obstacles that I've been avoiding in the past.
1: So needless to say, I think after this dirt bag weekend that we've experienced, we were sitting down last night after we were done riding at Pine Hill and we all kind of like put our heads together. Okay. What's what's next year's dirt bag look like? Which is usually the topic of conversation on the Saturday night around the campfire of what are we doing next year? And I think we're going to another bike park that to will start off on Friday. I think we set a new trend. It has my vote. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I mean, definitely down with that. So it's it's definitely it's one of those things that it just mixed it up enough to really make the weekend kind of stand out in a different way. Right. That you know we'll we'll look at you know potentially hitting Highland at one point. You know, one of the years, and maybe uh, Thunder Mountain uh, down at uh, Berkshire East one year. There's there's plenty of good places to go to start a dirt bag weekend off at a gravity oriented lift access mountain bike park. So we've got some options. It more options. I mean, cause we
0: had plenty to begin with without, you know, having downhill as part of the options. Right. So, right. Uh, but I like the variety too, if we have a mix of downhill cross country, right? Yeah. Cause, uh, Millstone is still very cool and, and we've been there for several years, but they're,
1: well, and in there. what's cool about Millstone too is that if we go back there, you know, in in, in another year or two years or whenever we head back to Millstone, is that Scream and Demon oh, yeah. and Roller Coaster become completely different trails after you've experienced the bike park. Get some air, yeah, get those exactly, ramps. yeah. Not the the more technical. I mean, on on Scream and Demon, there's that huge granite slab that comes down oh, that yeah. leads into that drop. That that's. A totally different game now exactly. for us having, you know, spent some time in the bike park. So and I'm getting big old grins from everybody around the room. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I wish I had mics for everybody. You had an aha moment here, Jeff. Yeah, when Alan was talking
2: and he said, Oh, we just expanded the opportunities. My my mind goes from we could all bring three bikes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> we could do we could do, Funny, we could do I need Friday.
2: Bike. We're getting lots of cheers and applause. Friday, we could do lift service. There'll be no Saturday, we could pool. do trail. And then Sunday, we could do a gravel ride.
1: There you go. Uh, there you go. Oh. Um, so I apologize to each and every one of our wives or significant <laughs> others right now. <laughs> <laughs> Papa, the, Wheelies uh, is happy. Papa Wheelies oh, is going right. to be happy. Yeah, exactly. So grab- <laughs> 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 um,. So let's talk a little bit more about Dirtbag Weekend because I think this is one of those things that um, is unique and special to each and every one of us for different reasons. For me, it's like the one weekend that I get to hang out with my buds and throw up a tent or like this past weekend I've been sleeping in my van um, and just be able to get away and hang out with guys and ride all day long without any feeling of – Oh, I got to get back in time to have dinner with the family or not that I don't love that that's one of my you know happiest pieces of my life is to be able to spend time with my family but being able to have that unrestricted time and freedom to just ride your bike and open ended open ended have fun laugh make jokes drink a little too much you kind of just it's it's the weekend to 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 let it all go for me
0: beer Bikes,
1: bros, broken windows,
5: <laughs> and
0: an occasional broken window.
5: <laughs>
0: I'll let so, Sean tell no, that one. <laughs> no,
1: we don't need to tell that one.
0: No, it's, it's a great time uh, just to, like, brotherhood and uh, enjoy the common passion that we all share. Being on bikes, drinking beer, and trading stories, talking smack, giving each other a hard time. It's uh, uh, due time and just camping right being out with nature riding with nature experience for i for one spend way too much time in an office behind a keyboard and for me it's it's returning to my what i want to spend my time with and it's not what i have to do it's definitely what i want to do so i like a lot of us of us enjoy looking forward to getting together and setting up my tent and my camping gear and buying new gear so i can try it out and and uh discover that i need new gear on top of my new gear so now i need to buy a gravel grinding bike and add that to my stable and get that worked in before (laughs) it's all good
6: it's all good good for sales there you go so uh this is sean chiming back in and one of the things that uh alan pointed out is sometimes life gets in the way of of riding and uh we spend a lot of time at work and you know, Dirtbag Weekend is one of those times that we can count on. Um, even if we have ridden in a month or two months or, you know, it's been raining all summer, um, we know that Dirtbag Weekend is happening. Rain, shine, it doesn't matter. We're we're going to show up and we're going to get out there. And, um, you know, even if it's the only time a year that we actually get to camp, um, we get to see our friends and um, as wonderful as the Flying Goose is, uh, Vermont has some amazing IPAs and, uh, I spend way too much money when I come up here and stock my beer fridge with, uh, some fantastic brews. Um, but it, it's such a great weekend. We get out with nature and, uh, have a campfire and we share stories and, uh, it's, it's just an amazing time to catch up with people that we haven't seen in a while. And, um, riding bikes is just a bonus. Um, we get to ride some really cool trails and it's a good time. Um, looks like Ben wants to say something.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's right. There's two Bens here. I'll I'll go by Broken Ben as the next
1: the rest of the podcast. Wait, why do we call you Broken Ben, Ben?
3: I have a tendency to be frequently injured. At present time, I have enough titanium in my leg to make a seat post. Um, so let that be a lesson to all y'all. Trail running is dangerous. I apologize to all the trail runners, but
2: just just ride bikes. Don't run,
3: especially in the winter. It's just you're going to get messed up and then you won't be able to ski and it'll just be terrible. Ride bikes. But to mirror what Sean was saying, I mean, like, I literally start looking forward to this, like, as soon as uh, Ben Hall sends out the invite in, like, April. I get my pay time on One week before in. gear bag.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: it's just such a good time to, like, you know, turn off the work email, forget about everything else, and just ride bikes. And the fact that it's in Vermont, like, this beautiful countryside is just a bonus. And, you know, I think this year we made the executive decision. We're going to take Dirtbag on the road and, um, you know, see where it takes us. It's an evolving process.
2: Uh, for me, it's, it's a little bit different. I mean, when we started, I was in the first dirt bag seven years ago. And for me, I was living in New Hampshire and, um, was really involved in the mountain bike community and, and working in a shop, but not doing my current role full time. And, And now I'm a a full-time coach for mountain biking and for snowboarding. And I live in Vermont instead of in New Hampshire. And this is a little different for me because this is where I live and this is what I do almost every day. But Dirtbag, for me, has changed and is even more important because having these guys, my friends, that I love and respect here in our house and being able to show them what we do in the place that I go every day that's normally a job for me, really recharged me and gave me or helped me maintain this really good perspective about how lucky I am, not just to be in the area that I am, but have this incredible group of passionate, articulate, intelligent, amazing human beings in my life that I get to see every year. And I'm just, it reminds me how lucky we are in mountain biking in general to have this tribe that supports us and loves us and we get to spend time with. So for me, this was completely different than any of the other dirt bags that we've had, and even more meaningful and important to me. So thank you guys. Thank you. Before I pass the mic on, I just wanted to give a
3: huge shout out to our host and guide Jeff Juno, who a is largely responsible for probably one of the most fun days I've ever had on two wheels, and and I've ridden a lot, so that says quite a bit. But you know. Thanks to some of his tips, like, which I'll be able to bring home and apply to my own everyday riding at home, I had by far one of the most fun jump runs on, like, the 80 jumps or whatever is on the Killington trails. Like, that was insane. But, you know, we ended the day on such a good note, and I think I I just have never been so stoked where I cleared almost every single tabletop and finished all the features that at the beginning of the day I was a little bit nervous about but then finished – it was just a good solid day. So huge props, brother.
5: I guess what I learned about Dirtbag this year um, is that. So a little little thing about me here is that if it was up to me, we'd just go to Millstone every year and camp in the same camping spot, ride the same trails. I I, I like given my own, uh, I guess homebody would be the right way to think about it. Like I. I want it to be regular. Yeah. I want it to be regular. Traditional. I don't see the, the need to, to do all this. But at the same time, what also I learned this year is it's not actually about Millstone or about those trails specifically. It's about the yearly tradition of getting together with the same group of people and putting work aside and just hanging out and being yourself. I think that's, I think that's what we're all touching on is like during Dirtbag, everyone here gets to be completely themselves. Right. There's there's no one here who's like being fake or thinking about like, oh, how's this person gonna perceive me or whatever? We just it's kind of this uncensored time where you get to be yourself and you're not worried about your work reputation or or whatever. So and so I that's what that's what I love about dirtbag. And uh what I've come to realize is that it's it's gonna change. Like each each year dirtbag so embracing the change, being like, you know, downhill's gonna be a part of dirtbag. Uh, going all these different places is going to be a, a part of Dirtbag, and that it n not trying to cookie cutter it and just let it grow organically in the way that good things grow. Keeping it fresh. Keeping it fresh.
4: <laughs> well, if we had ridden today, where would we have ridden? Green Mountain Trails.
2: Green Mountain Trails.
4: Green Mountain Trails. Now, what is that?
2: Right here. It's two miles down the road from the house here.
4: Oh, we are blessed.
2: <laughs> this
4: is, oh, you look off the back porch and you just see this saddleback mountain range just covered in, you know,
1: autumn colors. So Julian, you've been to dirtbag three years now, right? This is the third time, yeah. And so this is this is this is the one opportunity I think I've ever had to be able to say what keeps you coming back to dirtbag because all of us kind of knew each other. And I'm not saying that you're the 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 guy who is, you know, not been a part of like, I mean, Owen and I used to work together. We shared a cubicle at work for a period of time. Jeff and I used to ride bikes and he, he when I left the bike shop, he took over as the bike mechanic. Broken Ben used to work for me, <laughs> like and Sean and Alan and I used to ride together all the time in Goffstown, 24 so races. 24 hour races, yeah, 24 hours of Great Glen, we did a team together, that's right, yeah. who was our fourth member of that team, was it Joe, Joe. Joe. Somebody <laughs> had to hell yeah, and Owen and Jeff, you guys, yeah, first place, 12 hours, yes, nice job boys, yeah. Jeffy on the single speed the whole entire time. Actually,
2: I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I was telling Alan about this. He didn't realize. I I thought I had a shin splint, but I actually had a stress fracture in my shin on that one.
1: Oh my god! Ryan.
2: I was I was training for a half
1: iron, and I had a stress fracture. So the ducky floaty that you wore during the uh, <laughs> during the run around the pond didn't help. That I bet. Or the
2: toucan Sam float around my waist, but the but the board shorts worked wonders. So you're 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 spending a few minutes here, like, answering your own
1: questions. I I do have to say, I'm sorry. We'll we'll give you the mic here in a second. You did ride that whole entire first lap of 24 Hours of Great Glen in that getup, didn't you? First two. I did two (laughs) back-to-back. Didn't change.
2: Um, Yeah, that was... But props, it, it was something I wanted to say earlier. Props to Owen. Like, you hear him talking, and he's, like, this super relaxed chill kind of zen guy like nothing tweaks him and everything he's just so relaxed but on a bike he is such it's a, a monster. beast monster. like i remember racing and being like man i'm in good shape and i'm throwing down some laps but i don't want to let owen down i actually wrote an
1: article about it like i don't i can't let owen down because he is killing it and you guys killed it because you won the two hour 24 hours of great great glenn 12 two man 12 hour Twenty-four hours of Great Glen, Second the year last before ride. it stopped. Yeah, last. yeah. it was a beach party. That was a good time, man. I used to love those races. So Julian, third year here at Dirtbag Weekend, <laughs> <laughs> finally Get getting off, back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What keeps you coming back? Because because this is your third year. What is it about Dirtbag that makes you come back?
4: It's this atmosphere.
1: This atmosphere, yeah, for sure. Family of mountain bike riders, you know? It's
4: uh it was great to find and you know, if I can make it and most of the time I'll make time to make it, I'm gonna be here.
0: Yeah.
1: That's awesome. And so you've been to Millstone twice now. You've been here. Do you like the new format of changing it up, the the idea of going to a different place every year? Oh yeah. Like you're talking about next year, Highland, maybe
4: yeah, uh, Greenwood Brook, Lynn Trails. Glenbrook, whatever yep. it is. And then, a, I mean, even if there's a cyclocross on Sunday, I'm down with that.
2: <gasps> oh,
4: wow. That's
2: cool. That's well, let's cool. extend to a four-day BMX on Monday.
1: <laughs> as long as it's on dirt. As long as you're bringing the bikes. Exactly. Yeah, 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 I don't know if we can throw, throw a fourth bike in the mix here. We're
2: going
1: to some sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> um, And I guess that, I mean, this, this really comes back to the whole entire purpose of wanting to do a podcast with you guys because it is all about the fact that this is our community. This is the point of doing the podcast of New England Dirt is talking about going and riding all these various places with your friends and getting away from the stress or the everyday you know, life that we all we're, we, we all are, uh, are a, um, a member of and we all succumb to and is a necessary part. But being able to break away for a couple of days or even just a day and getting to ride with your friends and getting to explore new trail systems and being able to laugh about it and have fond memories about it. And, you know, Dirtbag Weekend, for us, becomes something that we reference year after year after year. All year long. (laughs) And I'm going to call Joe out right now. He's not here with us, but he'll always (laughs) be at Dirtbag in Spirits because he is currently working at a bike shop and could never seem to get the weekend off to come to Dirtbag. Um, But the very first year we're sitting around the campfire and Joe is talking so much smack about going for a night ride after we had just buried ourselves all day long. And he is on it. He is like, we are putting the lights on. We're going for a ride. We're doing this. And five minutes later, he's asleep in his chair. And that is the photo I've used every single year to tee up Dirtbag Weekend. I
2: I would add to that, Ben, that (laughs) Joe not only was saying we were going... I remember him aggressively harassing everyone oh, yeah. in the group Absolutely. about their inability to stay up and that they weren't tough enough to go ride with him that night.
1: Using other words that we won't repeat here on this podcast, yes, we're He's, paraphrasing yes, yes <laughs> but he was he like, was insinuating that our manhood wasn't up to his manhood because we weren't able to stay up and go for a night ride quite
2: aggressively,
1: quite aggressively. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And then he fell asleep. <laughs>
5: yeah, and if I remember correctly, he,
2: after an hour, would argue and refute that he did not fall asleep.
5: Well, of course. Wasn't that part of it, Pretty, pretty guys? Much, pretty much. Yes. Photographic evidence. Just,
2: just resting his eyes. So. Just resting his eyes, as Sean said.
1: So there's one other op- one other opportunity here to, to, to talk about Dirtbag. Um, was it this year or was it last year that I teed up Dirtbag Weekend as bikes... Beers and broken windows, <laughs> and we had an incident a couple years ago that maybe was uh, fueled by one too many beverages, with somebody locking his keys in his car. How did that go, Sean? There,
6: there was logic to this. All right, <laughs> I, uh, I need to charge my phone, so I turn the car on. <laughs> So that it wouldn't drain the battery. (laughs) I also did a remote start, which means it locks the doors. Uh, But I left the keys in the car when this all transpired. So my car was running with my phone charging, and the doors were locked. (laughs) We we did consider calling AAA, except for the fact that we were down a dirt road in the middle of the, middle of the woods. We didn't really have an address that we could give the AAA operator, and on top of that, we may have had a few adult too beverages. Too many. Um, what I did have... Yeah, it was
1: probably, probably at least midnight at this point in time, too. Right.
6: Um, what I did have on hand was an axe. Um, so... Uh, drunk logic kicked in, and my first thought was break the smallest window because it's going to be the cheapest to replace. Um, it is not, by the way. Um, so wait a
1: minute. Which window did you end up breaking? So
6: my rear door has a smaller window, um, which I smashed out. My instant inclination was, crap, I don't know if I can even reach the lock from here. <laughs> I might need to break two windows. (laughs) And again, this is fall in New England, so I'm wearing a a puffy jacket. I was smart enough to take my puffy jacket off before reaching through the broken window with glass shards. Um, I was able to get to the lock and get back into my car. It did make for a cold ride home, missing a window. But I'll
0: testify to that. That and the fact that I still find chunks of glass in all my camping gear to this
2: day. <laughs> Hi, was there a level of grumpiness? From <laughs> <laughs>
6: not after he got his keys out. <laughs> I sold that car two years later, and I thought I got all the glass out, and I did not. I was cleaning it before trading it in,
1: and there were still glass shards everywhere. That is, I think, one of the more fond memories I have of Deerbag. We might have video evidence of this whole entire scenario as well. There, there might be.
6: <laughs> One thing I will say is, it is a lot harder to break a window than I thought. It took two tries with the was, axe. That
1: was a lot of. Well, maybe it was because you also picked the smallest of the windows. Maybe, you know, if it was your back window, it probably would have shattered immediately. Probably. <laughs>
3: We need to bring an emergency uh, glass breaker on the uh, future.
1: So uh, we have a new sponsor for Dirtbag Weekend, Safe Glass. <laughs> <laughs> Safe, Safe Light class Yet. Bears. Safe <laughs> Glass three, please. <laughs> well, I want to thank each and every one of you for joining me just to do a podcast. This was kind of sprung up on, on everybody, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk about not only Dirtbag Weekend, but how important this group of guys are. We're all super good friends. We're all close. We don't get to see each other very often. And that's what makes this weekend really special for a lot of us. It's good riding. It's good, just pure fun, but it's really good friends. And it's the good community that puts us together.
0: And it's good that you put this together each year. And I, for one, really appreciative of all the effort and all the coordination and uh, and patience that you have with us sometimes when you're trying to corral a herd of cats like us.
1: Yeah, a herd of mountain bikers might be worse than a herd of cats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I love you guys, and that's why I do it, because, I mean, this is, this is truly something that I, I personally look forward to every single year. The years that I've missed because of a medical issue and because of a work conflict were really tough for me. And I think that just goes to symbolize how important this weekend is for all of us to get together and have and have this experience that we have together. And, and so, again, I, I thank each and every one of you for for joining me week and uh, year after year and, and and doing this podcast with me. So thanks, guys. Thank you. thank you. Really appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of New England Dirt. Um, Please feel free, send in some comments, feedback, any other suggestions that you might have. I've gotten some really, really, really good love from everybody. I appreciate you taking the time, listener, to share some ideas, share some feedback, some suggestions. It's been really positive so far doing this. I'm really enjoying every single moment of it. Um, So please keep, keep it coming. Um, if you want me to talk about a a different trailhead that you absolutely love, that you would love to have me come down and and ride with you. Uh, if there's a place that you're interested in exploring, maybe I've already been there, maybe I haven't, but we can always get down to the bottom of it and and focus an episode on that place particularly. Um, please let me know, send me an email, N E dirt at mountainbikeradio.com hop on Instagram. You can follow me. It's at mtbben603 you can send me a message on instagram if you want um or you know just hit me up on facebook Any, you know I'm, I'm all over the place so again thank you very much for tuning in and hopefully we'll see you on the trail at some point and uh yeah thanks for listening